My name is Jessamine Anderson Frain, and you're listening to Becoming Beauty. Our hearts were made for the infinite, so the ache we feel for more than this earthly life should drive us forward. But to where? And how do we get there? In this podcast, we're exploring what it practically and tangibly means, as C.S. Lewis says, to be united with the beauty we see and become part of it. This requires our entire being, body and soul. So we'll need both to journey well. Let us begin. God, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself, in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man to make him share in his own blessed life. For this reason, at every time and in every place, God draws close to man. He calls man to seek him, to know him, to love him with all his strength. Catechism of the Catholic Church, 1. Welcome to this week's episode of Becoming Beauty. I started with this passage, which is the very first paragraph in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, because we're going to build upon last week's episode where I invited you to reflect on all the different, seemingly insignificant ways that God is pursuing you, the ways that God has been wooing you throughout your life. This passage from the Catechism spells out the truth that God always desires to draw closer to us, and he will use any means necessary to do that. Remember, his pursuit is personal. So the way God speaks to you and calls you by name will look different from the people around you. This is both beautiful and challenging. Beautiful because it helps us recognize how deeply God loves us and knows us. Challenging because there is no prescribed roadmap to God. Each person's map looks a little bit different, even though the treasure is the same. So we are all on our own journeys to follow the steps God lays out before us. This week, I want to look a bit deeper at God's personal pursuit by talking about the heirlooms of the heart. Now, I know that that may sound like a period drama from the Hallmark Channel, but I swear it's not. It's actually a term I first heard from Bill Donahue, one of my instructors at the Theology of the Body Institute. I was taking a course called Way of Beauty, where we studied theology of the body through art, literature, music, and movies. More on that later. He invited us to think about some of the songs, movies, or books that we loved when we were younger. When he asked us to do this, it was almost like a playlist formed in my head instantly, and I was just hearing all these songs running together in my brain. So many songs, movie clips, passages from books. I was struck by all these things that I had loved as a child, but had never considered as instruments of God's love for me. They weren't labeled, quote, Christian or sacred, so I didn't think they were connected to my faith. Wrong. (laughs) Think of how much this limits God, to think that human labels define what is of God and what is not. Everything that is true, good, and beautiful is of God. And everything that doesn't quite meet that standard can be redeemed by the one who is true, good, and beautiful. In 1999, Pope St. John Paul II wrote a document called The Letter to Artists, a document that I read and studied with a group of Catholic artists when I was living in New York City. 
it's funny, I know I reference John Paul II all the time. He has, a, has had a very profound impact on my life and his writing continues to challenge me. This letter to artists challenged my perspective on what constitutes, quote, holy art and whether or not I could, as a faithful Catholic, still be holy if I wasn't singing explicitly Christian music. In the letter, he writes, even beyond its typically religious expressions, true art has a close affinity with the world of faith, so that even in situations where culture and the church are far apart, art remains a kind of bridge to religious experience. Insofar as it seeks the beautiful, fruit of an imagination which rises above the everyday, art is by its nature a kind of appeal to the mystery. Even when they explore the darkest depths of the soul or the most unsettling aspects of evil, artists give voice in a way to the universal desire for redemption. John Paul II was an artist himself. He was an actor and he wrote poetry and he wrote plays. He understood beauty with a capital B more deeply and personally than almost anyone I have ever encountered, whether in person or through their writing. Reading his letter to artists encouraged me both as an artist and an appreciator of art. Though I can sing Christian or sacred music, my voice shines and therefore glorifies God most evidently through other genres. And though I enjoy some Christian music and media, my favorite artists, movies, and books usually fall outside the Christian genre. And I've learned that this is okay. As my relationship with God and my knowledge of beauty grows, I am better able to see how God is speaking to me through all that is true, good, and beautiful. With these lenses, as I like to call them, with these lenses on, I've been able to see how present God is in so many things I enjoy listening to, watching, or reading. There is that personal pursuit we talked about last week. So let's keep these lenses on, these lenses that allow us to see God in all that is true, good, and beautiful, and take a peek back in time. We're going to go back to Jessamine's childhood. <laughs> when Bill invited us to think about the heirlooms of our hearts, I was struck by a few things. So I'm going to list those off for you. The sound of music, that was the first thing that came to mind. The soundtrack from Anastasia. Les Mis, specifically the 10th anniversary concert edition on VHS. Thank you very much. Songs by Disney princesses. High School Musical, <laughs> Series of Unfortunate Events, Shel Silverstein Poetry, Fairy Tales, and the movie A Walk to Remember. Now, none of these things are specifically religious, but I loved them as a kid. And I can tell you that the Lord was very much speaking to my heart through these things. I want to dig into one specific example, which is the Anastasia soundtrack, because I thought about it while taking this Way of Beauty course at the Theology of the Body Institute, and then it kind of plagued me later in 2021 when I went back to the TOB Institute to take Theology of the Body 1. It was like the Anastasia soundtrack was just running on repeat. So let's paint a picture. It's the late 90s, and I'm once again beginning my favorite activity, singing in my room in front of my floor-length vanity mirror. 
I pull out my Anastasia CD, click it into my boombox with a satisfying snap, and press play. Usually, I skip the first track in favor of track two, Journey to the Past. This is what I want to perform today. Since I'm still working on memorizing the lyrics, I pull out the liner notes as a reference. I start from the beginning of the song, but I'm really just waiting for that last note, the one I've been working on for a long time. I just want to be able to hold the note as long as Anastasia does. And today, I get there. In one breath, I hold the entire last note. I am elated. And I rush out to my mom and ask her if I can sing her my song. She sits, completely present with me, to watch my performance. I don't quite hold the last note that time, but I assure her that I did it, and she believes me. She says she's willing to watch me again, so I try one more time. She is always willing to listen to my songs. As a child and a teenager, I sang countless songs in my bedroom. Christmases and birthdays overflowed with music, CDs, music books, and musicals on DVD. But there is something about the Anastasia soundtrack that has stuck with me for all these years. And it wasn't until beginning to study theology of the body that I was able to dig a little deeper and figure out why. When I took Theology of the Body 1 a few years ago, this song, Journey to the Past, got stuck in my head and would not leave me alone. So I took it to prayer. I pulled up the lyrics on my phone and was blown away by what I read. The lyrics for Journey to the Past mirror almost exactly the journey we must take as God's children. Anastasia, I literally have goosebumps talking about this because it just, oh, it's just, it's, it, I can feel it in my body. Anastasia is singing about needing to go back to where she came from, back to her home, to figure out who she is, where she came from, and how to move forward with that knowledge. This is what we must do. We have to journey back to the Garden of Eden because it is where we learn who we are, how we were designed, what our purpose is, and how to navigate the murky waters of the modern world once we realize we were designed for something so different from this mess. I could record an entire episode on this song, and maybe I will, but the point I'm trying to make is that our hearts as children are naturally drawn to God. They are drawn to the true, the good, and the beautiful. As we get older, and often more cynical, and more impacted by the brokenness in our world around us, we distance ourselves from the things of our childhood in an effort to grow up or become more mature. We leave behind childish things in our pursuit of holiness. But remember that Jesus tells us, we must be like children to enter the kingdom of heaven. So looking back at the things we loved in childhood is a really great place to start. Now I have do-re-mi from the sound of music running through my head. Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Okay, I digress. (laughs) As a child, see my brain really, I think in musicals. As a child, the song Journey to the Past 
was all about holding that last note. Perfecting that piece of music taught me perseverance, discipline, and what joyful reward feels like. I need all of those things to continue on my journey to heaven. As an adult, I look at the words to the song and recognize the message God was imprinting on my heart. That I must go back to where I come from to figure out where I'm going. I wasn't ready to receive that message as a child, but I am ready as an adult. He was meeting meeting me right where I was. Personal pursuit. He was wooing my heart in specific ways at specific times. It will take me a lifetime to unpack the other heirlooms of my heart. I'm hoping to do some of that unpacking with my own kids as we read Shel Silverstein poetry, watch High School Musical, all three, okay, all three, sing along to the Disney classics, and rediscover the magic of the sound of music. Oh, and magic treehouse books. I'm really excited for those. I forgot to put those on my list. Some heirlooms of the heart may be challenging to revisit. So I want to impress upon you that it is important that we bring the Lord into them as we journey back. Christopher West, Dr. Christopher West, is a Catholic theologian and an expert on John Paul II's Theology of the Body. And he was my instructor for Theology of the Body One at the Institute. And I will never forget this story that he shared about his personal experience with heirlooms of the heart. He grew up during the 1980s and loved rock music. But when he was experiencing a reversion to the faith, he abandoned all of that music because he felt like it was leading him into sin. He stands by the fact that this was, in fact, the right decision at the time. Many years later, some of his favorite rock songs started to kind of re-enter his life and get stuck in his head. And he told his spiritual director that he was annoyed at these stupid rock songs popping into his mind when he was trying to pray. He didn't want to be distracted because he wanted to hear the Lord's voice. His spiritual director encouraged him to stop rejecting the songs and instead bring them into his prayer. Perhaps, he offered, that was the Lord's voice speaking directly to him. By inviting the Lord into this music he loved as a child and as a teenager, he allowed the Lord to redeem it which showed Dr. Christopher West the truth, goodness, and beauty within it. One of the takeaways from this story is that we sometimes have to set things aside for a time to gain perspective and to gain a set of new eyes or new lenses with which to see things or new ears to hear things or even a new heart to receive things. There may be beloved things from your childhood you've had to set aside for a time, and that's okay. But I encourage you to revisit them when the Lord offers you the opportunity. That may be now, or it may not be. You may need more time to cultivate those eyes, ears, and heart to encounter the Lord in these things, and that is okay. Listen to the Lord's invitation and do not hurry this process. But if you feel a tugging right now to re-enter childhood, I encourage you to be not afraid. Don't reject the things you believe to be unholy because they don't have Christian in the description. Enter into them. 
Ask God to reveal himself to you in these things, especially the music, books, and movies. God is the divine artist after all. So remember that good, true, and beautiful art offers us a profound encounter with God because he is the source of all truth, goodness, and beauty. And God is the truth, goodness, and beauty that we long for. He's the fullness and fulfillment of all these things. God may reveal himself to you in the most unexpected places. And it's our job to give him the space to do so. Let us be not afraid to revisit these heirlooms of our hearts and uncover all the ways God has been loving us and speaking to us throughout our lives. I wish you courage and immense joy on this nostalgic journey. As I mentioned last week, I'm going to close out each episode by sharing something beautiful. It could be a recipe, a song, a book, something I saw on a walk. It just has to be something that I experienced through my senses. This week, I'm sharing an album I've been enjoying. Switchfoot, uh, the band Switchfoot, re-released their beautiful Letdown album, and it features a bunch of different artists' versions of the songs off that album. Now, I have not listened to Switchfoot in a long time, but this album, for some reason, popped up on Suggested on my Spotify, and I have been loving it. It's been so good. I've been jamming out to Dare You to Move and also trying to figure out the right key for my voice because I kind of want to unexpectedly like whip out my version of Dare You to Move at a recital someday, so stay tuned for that. I I really hope that comes to fruition because it would be so much fun. So this album, it's super fun. I highly recommend, especially if you used to listen to Switchfoot or if you enjoyed the movie A Walk to Remember because there were several Switchfoot songs on that soundtrack. So prepare yourself for some serious nostalgia. I feel like it kind of goes with our theme of going back to childhood this week and it's just been a really fun album. So beautiful letdown, our version is what it's called. That is all I have for you this week. I look forward to learning more about how the Lord has been wooing you throughout your life. It truly is such a fun and eye-opening journey of discovery. Have a lovely week. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Becoming Beauty. I hope today's episode blessed you. There are a few simple things you can do to share the message you heard today. One, share this episode with a friend who needs it. Two, share this episode on social media. Three, leave a rating and a review so more people can find this podcast. I would so appreciate your help getting this podcast into the ears, hearts, and minds of more people. Have a lovely week.